This is episode 218, How to Stop Being So Hard on Yourself with Jennifer. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much to all of you who have listened for many, many years and welcome to all my new listeners. If you have a minute or even a couple of seconds, please head on over to iTunes and rate and review the show. That always helps the show grow and helps more people hear about it. I also really appreciate it when you share the show on social media or or best way to help the show grow is word of mouth. You telling your friends, your loved ones, your colleagues about the show really helps the show grow. And why I'm committed to helping it grow is because I'm committed to helping us evolve, helping elevate consciousness, helping more people get out of pain. So thank you to those of you who are champions of the show. I really, really, really appreciate it. Last week, we launched our program, Be the Queen, for women who are ready and willing to call in their king, and it has been a remarkable start. We are so just blown away with the vulnerability, the courage, and the commitment of these women. There's magic that happens when a like-minded group of people come together with a similar intention. The program is closed for this time. However, due to the popular demand of the program, we are going to be doing it again around spring, summer. So probably around April, May, June, sometime around there. So stay tuned for that. But there is another opportunity to come and work with me. And this one is live in person. You've probably heard me talk about my spring retreat. I freaking love my spring retreat. It's my signature retreat. Ladies, it is for you. Sorry, gentlemen, you're not welcome to this one. It is based on the work that changed my life. I went to a retreat where we did some of the things that I teach in the retreat. I've adapted it and made it my own over the years based on the work that I've seen work for the people that I've coached. I'll never forget driving there and wanting to turn around over and over and over again. I think it was a two or three hour drive and I wanted to turn around 20 times. In fact, one time I stopped to pee and I really had to sit in the car for a while to motivate myself to keep going. And it was scary and it was uncomfortable, but it was exactly what I needed because I had the awareness. I understood why I was dealing with some of the things that I was dealing with. I could psychoanalyze myself perfectly to a T, but things weren't really changing. I wasn't really integrating and embodying the work. And what happened at that retreat, the experiential work we did was a massive catalyst for me and a turning point in my life. And to this day, I still believe is one of the key reasons I've been able to be off antidepressants permanently. Now it's about 11 years, no 12. So come join me. It's March 6th through 8th. The early bird discount ends November 30th. So you want to get on this quickly. The website is christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. We'll put that in the show notes. You can also email jill at christinehassler.com to apply and to inquire. Join me. I promise you won't regret it. Never once in over my 10 years of doing this retreat has anyone not been ecstatic that she came. So 
no more delays, come. And if you came years ago, it's really grown and evolved and you won't have the same experience. So if you're due for a tune-up, <laughs> come, come join us for round two. So I have a really beautiful call for you today. And I love this call because such a profound shift happens for Jennifer. And I always encourage you to listen to the end. Definitely listen to the very end of this one so you can experience the shift with her. And as you're listening, consider, are you consistently hard on yourself and never feel like enough is enough? Did you grow up feeling unwanted or like a burden? Do you claim to be a lone wolf even though deep down you long to belong? If you are a believer, do you truly see yourself the way you know God, the Lord, or the universe sees you? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my call with Jennifer. Before we dive in, as some of you may know, I am the coaching director for the Primal Health Coach Institute, which I believe is the most comprehensive health coach training program. And I've been on the inside and I am there coaching people and I created a ton of content and curriculum for it. And I see firsthand how committed the coaches and professionals that run the Primal Health Coach Institute are just 1000% super committed to helping coaches be both great coaches and profitable coaches. And you can get a sneak peek into what health coaching success looks like because the Primal Health Coach Institute is offering a free virtual master class. And if you're an aspiring or current health coach, I highly recommend you watch. Even if you're not a health coach, you're going to pick up amazing, amazing tips. And it's a five-day online master class where top coaches reveal how they went from no knowledge or credentials to being sought after coaches, how they became masters of sales and marketing, were able to generate clients on demand and how they built lucrative careers doing something they love with tools available to everyone. I highly encourage you to check this out. Super informative. Go to christinehassler.com slash primalhealthcoach, christinehassler.com slash primalhealthcoach. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. All right, let's talk about skin. My skincare regime is incredibly important to me. That is why I love BioClarity. It's a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. Their routines contain naturally derived, non-toxic ingredients that are gentle on your skin, keeps your skin looking young and fresh without the harsh side effects of other brands. What I love about BioClarity is one, I can trust the ingredients, and two, it really helps my skin feel hydrated, especially as it's getting drier out and I notice I'm getting these little dry patches on my T-zone area. BioClarity, their serum and their moisturizer. Oh my gosh, I love it. And I just see my skin just soak it up and feel moisturized and refreshed. And what I also love is that BioClarity believes clean skin hair doesn't necessarily mean more expensive. They strive to create affordable options that are healthier for your skin and your wallet. They have two routines to fit your skincare need the clear skin routine for oily or breakout prone skin or the essentials routine for normal and everyday use. That's what I use. Both routines consist of an easy three-step regimen that improves the look and feel of your skin and is packed full of detoxifying nutrients. The routines also include a special ingredient only found in BioClarity called Floralux, which is made from the chlorophyll from plants. It also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evening out skin tone and texture. So here is your call to action. Go to bioclarity.com 
B-I-O-C-L-A-R-T-Y.com and get 15% off everything on their website when you use my code over it at checkout. And remember, their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, paraben-free, sulfite-free, and artificial ingredient-free. And there's a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. So go right now, bioclarity.com. And for my listeners, you get 15% everything off their website. Use my code over it at checkout. Bioclarity.com, 15% off over it at checkout. And now on to my beautiful coaching session with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thanks for having me. Well, I have a hard time giving myself a break. For the longest time, I have been really hard on myself, and I don't know why. Like, I've did a lot of self-help work, self-help stuff, and I can't figure out why. But what I do know is I want to stop because it's not making me feel good about myself. Mm, mm. So <laughs> tell me how you're hard on yourself. Well, I can give you a perfect example. Um, about four weeks ago, I started a new internship. And my second week, I had to call in and this two days of work. And I was really hard on myself because I knew I was getting sick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do anything until like I was really, really ill. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was kind of beating myself up over that. And a, a lot of the stuff I beat myself up over, mm-hmm. I have no control over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely frustrating. And it's just not good. I know it's not good for me, but I don't know how to stop. Mm-hmm. And do you see how you're judging the inner judgment? You're criticizing Absolutely. the inner critic. So it's just an endless cycle. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's not call it horrible. It's an endless cycle, but it doesn't need any more judgment. That's for sure. It's got plenty of judgment. Yeah. So we're not going to get anywhere with being frustrated with it or making it wrong. Right. Right. Because let me ask you this. How often were you made wrong or disregarded as a child, even when you didn't do anything wrong? Quite a bit, actually. When I was three, my grandparents on my mom's side became my legal guardian because of my parents' health issues. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's kind of where it started unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was hard on myself for not being able to live with my parents, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's hard because it wasn't their fault, you know. So why were you hard on yourself because you couldn't live with your parents? Because I couldn't live with my parents like everybody else. Like, honestly, and this was really painful. So it's okay. I was, yeah, because I felt not normal. Well, yes, I can understand. And I'm, I'm so sorry that happened. And I can understand completely, Jennifer, why you'd be upset about it. But what I'm curious about and what I want you to be curious about is why you personalized it. I don't know. And I noticed that I do it all the time, Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I just can't let it go. Yeah. Well, let's be curious about that because I bet that some part of you does know. So if you can, just drop into your inner wisdom and, you know, knowing why and being able to analyze things doesn't necessarily fix things, but it definitely gives us 
some, some growth. <laughs> it helps right. us move the needle a little bit when we have some rational understanding. It's like when you're trying to discipline children, when they can really understand why eating sugar at night isn't good for them or why brushing their teeth is good when they can really understand it, it does help reinforce the behavior. So right. just be curious and there's no wrong answers. So you said you were three years old when it happened? That was three. Okay. So that's very young. So over time, that three or a little bit over, why do you think that you decided that in some way, shape or form, it was your fault or something was wrong with you or you needed to be hard on yourself because of it? Good question. I'm searching. It's okay. Um, Let me ask you a question that may help. How was the situation explained to you as a child? Um, It really wasn't because I don't have no memories of living with my mom and dad Mm -hmm. either to look back on. So that's kind of makes it extra hard. The first memories I have is three years old living with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. And And it really wasn't explained to me until I was older, like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And I got curious about it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like I knew growing up that my parents had issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew that much. And did you see your parents at all? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was able to see my parents on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, which it, helped. Yeah. And what was it like when you saw them? It was tough because they fought a lot. Mm-hmm. in front of me when I was growing up and I felt like I had to referee them, mm-hmm. which is totally unfair to me. And I get that. Yeah. And I just felt like I had to play referee and get them to stop because it was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel pressure to be a good girl? Yes. And I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I can't get angry or can't be dissatisfied or you you know Mm -hmm. I had yeah I still struggle with being the good girl and I feel like I can't get angry or be dissatisfied because it'll make me bad and if I'm bad then I'm not good enough and if I'm not good enough then nobody wants me Mm -hmm. that sucks that's really painful (laughs) well the good news my love (laughs) is it's just a set of belief systems right Still doesn't make it any less painful. I mean, that's really, I think that's the core issue of it is that I feel like nobody wants me. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So let's, let's review a lot of what you probably already know. So number one, you are ripped away from your parents at a young age. And I'm not saying you were quote unquote ripped away and that's the way it happened. But to a three-year-old, that's how it's going to feel. And it wasn't explained to you for nearly a decade. And to see your parents and to keep them from fighting, you had to be good. Plus, you didn't want to feel like a burden for your grandparents because I'm sure on some level you could feel that it was hard for them to take on a child when they thought they were done with children. Yeah. Yeah. They sacrificed a lot. Right. So your whole life, you felt like a burden. Yeah, and I still do. I know. At times, I still do. And it's... Yeah. So... It's painful. Yeah, it is painful. 
So what's your spiritual relationship? I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I do have a strong spiritual practice. I meditate. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what I do. So how do you think the Lord sees you? As his child, endless love, perfect the way I am, thoughts and all. And if he could come down right now and talk to you about the way you are with yourself, what do you think he'd say? I think he would be disappointed. He would tell me that I'm okay just the way I am. And that should be good enough. Okay. So you just hit on something that's very important. You said, I think he'd be disappointed. And what that reveals to me is what I see in a lot of people who have some religious conditioning that God, Jesus, Lord, whatever you want to call it, judges. Right. And if you really know and feel God, you'd know that there wouldn't be no disappointment, only compassion. Hmm. Maybe that's my issue. I think I get compassion and disappointment confused Mm -hmm. because I think I've struggled with that because there have been times where I have been compassionate with myself. So it's not like I know I can do it. Tell me about it's one of those just, times. Um, last year, I was in college, and I didn't put forth my best day in my classes and my job. And I was able to tell myself that just because I didn't do well today doesn't mean I can't do well tomorrow. And and doesn't mean you're unlovable or less worthy. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I can do it. Yeah. And honestly, just to, just to help you out a little bit, that's sort of kind of compassion. It was more encouragement and a bit of a pep talk because here's the difference. Just because I didn't do well doesn't mean I can't do better tomorrow. You're still putting the expectation on yourself that you have to do better. So even in those moments where you think you're giving yourself compassion, you're giving yourself a little bit of forgiveness, but you're still making it conditional. Yeah. Is love from God or love of the Lord conditional? No, it's unconditional. See how sure you are about that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you sound like a very Christian woman. It sounds like something that's important to you. Yes. Yes. And it sounds like something that has gotten you through a lot of tough times. Yes. Absolutely. So I would pray to be shown the way to be really shown the way of Jesus, who was incredibly compassionate, incredibly forgiving, incredibly patient and loved everyone. Lepers, sick people, wealthy people, poor people, people of all colors. There was no condition. And you've given your life and you follow someone who teaches that. Yeah, right. And so let that be your, your model and your solace. And also know that your 
up against a lot of childhood wounding and conditioning. You're up because here's the thing. And you, maybe you've heard me talk about this on the show. We, who do we make God as our, as as, when we're children? Who do we deify when we're children? I don't know. Our parents. Uh, Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're responsible for us. They're that, you know, and so you, first of all, you got taken away from them and then you got your grandparents who I'm sure loved you, but had mixed feelings about being parents again. And then you've got your parents that you see off and on who are fighting, who aren't making you a priority. I think your whole life, you felt very unwanted. And that is a massive wound to feel very unwanted. But what you're looking at is you're looking at four people rather than the truth. You're giving four people, your parents and your grandparents, 100% power over how you see yourself. And I never realized that until just now, until you were just talking. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a hard pill to swallow. Well, yes and no. <laughs> but I, the good but thing I'm glad is, to know the truth. Yeah. I'm glad to know the truth. But the good thing is, is when you go, oh my gosh, I've let these people determine who I am. I can take my power back. Right. Because they are not God. So even though, and I believe that you're a Christian woman and you say you're a child of God, you've really been a child of these four people. You've let that define you. And I think it's time to start letting yourself being a child of God define you instead. Right. I never realized that until now that my mind is blown. Is it a helpful realization? Um, yeah, because I can look back at my childhood and my teenage years and my 20s. Um, I'm in my mid-30s. So, yeah, I can look back and see situations and certain arguments. And I can totally see where I let them have my power, mm-hmm. especially my grandparents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a big, big awareness. Mm-hmm. And the inner critic, why the inner critic is there because you thought you've needed to do that your whole life to be loved and to be safe. Right. You were so afraid of being abandoned again, being rejected again, that you have been ruthlessly hard on yourself as a survival strategy. That's why Jennifer, it's been hard to change. Anything that's a survival strategy is hard to change. However, when you start to realize that you don't need to be so hard on yourself to survive anymore, gradually you can catch that voice of that inner critic, have compassion for it and go, oh my gosh, inner critic, I know you're here because you think you have to keep me alive. I hear you. Let's see if we can say something a little kinder. And, and, right. and even if it's just, I'm doing the best I can, I think this realization will help you start to unplug from the pattern of giving your power to four people who did make you feel through either what they said or what they didn't say, you know, often what people don't say in their energy and their actions right. is far more powerful than they did. Basically the messaging you got is Jennifer, you're a burden. 
we really don't want you around. So you better just be good and shut up and not cause us too much trouble. Right. And I acted out a lot as a kid because of it. Of course. Of course, which is only giving you more ammunition to be hard on yourself. Right. And, you know, having this realization is hard because my dad is no longer living. My dad passed away when I was 18. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure how to um, deal with the daddy issues. Yeah. Well, so it's tough. I hear you. And someone doesn't need to be alive for you to deal with it. So it's right. it's okay that he's passed in some ways. It can make it easier because you don't have to have a relationship with him anymore in in the form that it was in when he was alive. Right. Do right. you or have you ever had a counselor? Yes, I'm currently in therapy. You are. And do you feel like you're making yes. progress in therapy? Yes. Okay, oh great. I love therapy. <laughs> okay, great. So I would maybe consider when this podcast airs, asking your therapist to listen to it and see what he or she has to say and maybe work on some of the things that we talked about here from my, first of all, I just want to tell you, you are so lovable. Thank you. So lovable and so worthy of feeling seen. What's your social support system like now? It's, not good. I mean, because I'm the loner type, so I don't have very many friends. Well, um, I don't know basically. if that's true. Because when I feel into you, and I'm not doubting you or questioning you, but right. let me just ask you this. Is that another protective strategy? No, that I've had the realizations that I've had, as much as I don't want to say this, mm-hmm. I would probably, because it keeps me from getting hurt even though it makes me feel super lonely at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Isn't there such a big part of you that so wants to feel like she belongs? Yeah. Yeah. And you need people in your life to feel like that. Yeah. Do you go to a church that you like? Yes, I do. Are you active socially in the church? Not as much as I used to be. Like in, in my teenagers from like eighth grade, all the way through high school, I was active um, in the youth group and okay. I loved it. There you go. Um, Bingo. So what so, I would encourage you to do is find like the singles group. Are you single? Yeah. Yeah. Singles group, whatever, whatever is there in your community and start reaching out and start even being vulnerable and saying, you know, in the past it's been hard for me to make friends and I'm really trying. Do you want to get a cup of coffee? And ask, you know, start with women because that feels safer Um, out for coffee dates and start to let people see you slowly. And I'm saying start with church because church feels like it's a safe place. Yes. Does that feel like a supportive action step? Yes. It's a little scary. Yeah. Just because I have to put myself out there. But I think I can do it. So I honestly... I know you can do it. I can do it. I I absolutely know you can do it. I'm going to give you some tips, but first I want to ask you, what's scarier? Getting more involved, talking to people, maybe opening up a little more, or in 20 years still feeling and living alone? Being alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I, Jennifer, I don't think you're a lone wolf. I think that you've always wanted to be part of a pack, but you've had to be a lone wolf because of your past. So I'd encourage you to let go of that identity and start to discover who you are. Like you're in a discovery process to learn who you are without the critic, to learn who you are without having to be good, to learn who you are when you really live. You know, if when you start seeing yourself as Jesus would see you and sees you, your life will change. Right. And when that inner critic comes up, which it will, because it's just, it's a habit in your brain. Like physiologically, you've got a lot of neural nets, you know, little wires in your brain that fire down that track of criticizing yourself. It's a reflex. It's a habit. It is not who you are. It is not who you are. And so just like the part of you that is aware that you have the inner critic and is aware that you're doing it, that same part of you can interrupt it gently with compassion, not by shaming it, not by criticizing it, not by judging it, by just going, whoa, 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 we're safe now. We don't have to do this anymore. I'm Right. And I think that's been my issue in the past is that I haven't had compassion for myself when I've tried to stop it. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it's just made it worse. Exactly. Exactly. So this is when I'd say lean on faith, lean on your faith a little bit. And when you notice that critic come up, if you can't, if you can't get compassion going yourself, pray, Hmm. ask for it, pray, Lord, please help me see myself the way you see me. Please help me find my compassion. Show me. It's that simple. And I tend to overanalyze and overthink stuff and, tend to make things way more complicated than they have to be. Well, my love, of course you do. Mm -hmm. You lived a decade of your life not knowing why you didn't live with your parents. Right. So you've also got another habit of trying to figure things out because things weren't explained to you in a simple way. Yeah. And in a way that you had understood. So you were left to your own devices to have to figure it out. So just... This is... I I share all this to you because I can see it clear as day. And it's not that something's wrong with you that you can't. It's just that because you've been with yourself for so long, you think this is the way you are. But what I'm telling you is it's just reactive patterns to what happened to you. And they make complete sense. You're not broken. You're not majorly messed up. From what you told me about your childhood, you're doing really great. Yeah. Considering I'm doing pretty amazing. I love that you can own that. I love that you can own that. And it took me a while to get to that point, but I'm glad I can. Yes. At least give me, give myself credit for doing amazing in spite of what I've been through. Exactly. Exactly. And what you've been through will inform who you are, but it won't define you. And probably it will, you know, we learn as human beings through contrast So if you keep moving forward, which I know you will with the help of your therapist and the help of your spiritual practice and the help of your, your own inner wisdom, which you have a lot of, you will grow out of this. You'll evolve out of this. That's the nature of the human spirit. I want that so bad. Like I'm done being this way. Like I'm. 
Yes. I'm tired. Yes. And I know you will. I hear you. And I love that you (laughs) want it. But here's the thing. You've also just got to accept where you are right now because you've never had acceptance. And so have the intention, have the self-love, but do it with, do it with compassion, do it with patience, do it with faith, do it with a lot of self-care instead of pushing yourself and getting frustrated with yourself because that's just going to keep you in the cycle. Right. You know, it's so much better. Yeah. It's the difference between, it's the difference between toward motivation and away from motivation. Away from motivation is more that push. I want to get away from feeling this way. I want to get away from this. I want to get away from that. It's basically, I want to get away from everything I don't like. Toward motivation is more like a pulling, like a pulling forward. It's more looking at what you want to lean into and step into. Right. I just, I feel so different just by talking to you. It's hard to explain. Like, mm. What feels I different? All of a sudden have, my level of self-compassion has just went through the roof. I and I feel that. like I'm on cloud nine and it's the best feeling in the world. Because mm. <laughs> I haven't had it for a long time. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, this is the truth. I'm just reflecting back to you what you already know deep down inside. And the reason why you feel like it's cloud nine is not because I'm pumping you up, but because I'm telling you the truth of who you are. You're right. I think I forgot. (laughs) Well, it's (laughs) it's easy to forget sometimes, especially when we've been through things like you've been through. Right. But keep being around people and situations that remind you. I will. I think I can do this. No, I know I can do this. Good catch. (laughs) Good catch. Yeah. Thank you so much for your courage. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for your vulnerability and your courage. And also for just choosing to break generational patterns and choosing the path of awakening. You had a rough start. And what I love is that you're committed to your growth. So let's break down this call a little bit. So Jennifer's initial question was about how she just wants to stop being so hard on herself. She has this massive inner critic. Well, of course she does. You heard her story. I explained in great detail why she has this inner critic. Here's the thing I said to her and what I want to reinforce to all of you. You've got to stop being hard on yourself or being hard on yourself. You're going to be in a vicious cycle if you keep judging your judger and criticizing your critic. I know I've said this on the show before, but I need to say it again because a lot of you are still being hard on yourself or being hard on yourself. Compassion is your medicine here. Catching it in the moment, noticing when you're being hard on yourself and bringing that compassion in. For Jennifer, she never had compassionate parents around her. She never had that unconditional love, which is, I think, why her faith and her relationship with Christ is so important to her, because on that level, she feels unconditional love. But this also brought up a massive disconnect. When I asked her what Jesus would say if he was in front of her, the first thing she said is he'd be disappointed immediately bells went off for me in that because what I know about Jesus or God or whatever 
word you want to use for a spiritual figure or universal authority or wisdom or whatever, let's not get lost in semantics, is that it is unconditional love. And never, never would any God be disappointed in you. There was only be compassion and gentle reminders of the truth of who you are. So I really used her faith and I was guided to ask her that. So I really used her faith to coach her here, to shift her perspective. One of my favorite prayers when I am in a vicious cycle of self-criticism or fear or self-judgment is I pray, God, please help me see myself as you see me. It also helps me if I'm having trouble with another person. I'll say, God, please help me see that person as you see them. Now that doesn't give that person carte blanche to walk all over me. I still hold my boundaries. But if I notice I'm being triggered or projecting, I'll say that prayer. And that was a powerful distinction for Jennifer. And you heard when we talked about Jesus and the Lord, she was so clear. She was so clear that, oh no, that's unconditional love. She, she gets it. She knows what unconditional love is. But she's got, she's just up against her patterning. It's not who she is. It's just her patterning based on what she grew up with. I mean, first of all, it was never explained to her why she couldn't live with her parents until she got curious. And then when she could be with her parents, it wasn't a safe space. She had to be the adult in the relationship. And then there was this massive pressure to be a good girl. She even said, if I'm bad, no one will want me. Her whole life feels like a burden. She felt desperately unwanted. And no wonder she's so hard on herself. No wonder she let four people be her God rather than being truly aligned with what she calls God. And so my direction to her was, let's get you hooked back in to your God, the all that is God, not mom, dad, and grandparents who you gave all your power to. And it's normal. We do that. We do deify our parents or whoever raised us, but eventually we realize they're just people. And they're not our gods. And we start to take our power back. And just keep in mind that anything that's a survival strategy sometimes can be hard to change. Her survival strategy was, I'm just going to be hard on myself. I'm just going to set these high expectations. So she's got to just go slow, accept it, and know that over time it will change. Or better said, she will grow out of it because she will start to use unconditional love more as a survival strategy than being hard on herself. The other thing I wanted to highlight here is just pointing out to her that she's not a lone wolf, that that's another just protective strategy that she really does want to belong. That feeling of belonging is so necessary for all of us. So I present that to you as well. Do any of you call yourself a lone wolf? But the truth is you're really lonely. Or the truth is maybe you're in a comfort zone of being a lone wolf, but deep down you actually crave connection. And just know that that criticism, that being hard on yourself, if you relate to that, is a reflex and a habit. It's not who you are. So some takeaways for you. Stop criticizing the inner critic and judging the judger. When you notice those parts come up, stop, have compassion for yourself And just say something that's a little more loving, like I'm doing the best I can. Use the prayer if it resonates with you. God, please help me see myself the way you see me. 
practice that compassion and self-acceptance. And finally, find a safe space to start connecting. For Jennifer, I recommended her church. What is it for you? Is it your yoga community? Do you feel safe at work and maybe there's some cool people there? Is there a church that you can go to? Is there a hobby you have and maybe you can go to a meetup group? We all need connection. So give yourself that gift. Start slow, start slow, and start building that connection. We aren't wolves. (laughs) None of us are truly meant to be alone. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.